Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome to Entertainaholics, the show about the myriad forms of entertainment media and the industries making it all possible. I'm your host and self-proclaimed sole arbiter of entertainment, Daniel Friesen. Here's a thought to chew on for a bit. What makes something valuable? Is it an inherent property of the thing in question? Or is it an assigned trait? And how is the degree of value determined? In a roundabout way, that's what today's episode is about. Whether your brain is plugged directly into cyberspace, or you've just upgraded from a typewriter to a keyboard, there's a good chance that in the past few months, you've seen the term NFT being thrown around. Not only that, you've probably noticed the talk around it can get pretty heated. What's more, this slippery and divisive serpent seems to be making its rounds all throughout Silicon Valley and through the various entertainment industries with the likes of industry titans such as Warner Media, Fox, the NFL, and the NBA expressing their interest in expanding into the NFT realm. So what really are NFTs? How do they affect you and your consumption of entertainment media? And why is everybody so pressed about it? If you already know what NFTs are and how they work, then don't worry, I don't intend to get too deep into the mechanics of this technology. It's a highly nuanced topic, and uh, the basic function of it isn't the focus here. But, of course, a basic understanding of the technology has to be established before we can dive into its implications. So, let's say in real life, you're looking at the Mona Lisa and a completely perfect forgery of the Mona Lisa. Despite being identical in all ways, the forgery has next to no value while the original has basically incalculable value. But why? The art is the same, but value is all about perception. Value is a shared belief that we all agree upon, There are a number of reasons why the Mona Lisa is valuable, of course, but the most apparent or obvious reason to me is because it was painted by Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, come on. (laughs) And, And of course, we all believe that that is a thing that makes it desirable. It was painted by Leonardo da Vinci. Sure, the forgery is just as nice looking, but it's not about that. It's not the Mona Lisa painted by the Leonardo da Vinci. It's just a great copy, and so we perceive no value in it. Not only this, but Leonardo da Vinci is, of course, dead, and can no longer make genuine copies of his artworks, and so that makes his artworks non-fungible. There you have the first two words of NFT, or non-fungible token. Each specimen of his work has unique perceived identity that can no longer be replicated by the creator. That's all well and good for physical items such as paintings or, I don't know, 
artisan teapots, something of the sort. But the problem is, however, that this doesn't apply to digital images and files of all kinds. When you move a digital file from one place to another, a physical item is not actually being relocated. You are just receiving an identical copy of that file on your computer. So what is to distinguish the individuality of any particular file? If an artist sells a digital copy of their artwork and then the supposed owner posts it online and others save the image, do they now have it too? Did the owner even ever have it? since he can only download a copy of the file the artist sent him and not actually that specific, unique, individual file? This, finally, is the question to which NFT is the answer. Using the blockchain, a publicly accessible ledger hosted on the computers of everyone participating, we can track the ownership of a unique URL linking to a particular file. That's it. Seriously. That's how you give a digital item non-fungibility, unique identity and value. Using cryptocurrency, people can trade ownership of the unique token that proves the ownership over that particular file with a record of everyone through whose hands it has passed. So you can truly say, this is legitimately mine and only mine, and here's the paper trail to prove that. Plus, and this is a really nice part of it, the original creator can get tips from future transactions of that NFT, which is really nice, and we're going to come back to that later. So, okay, that explanation, I, I, I mean, that was relatively brief, but a bit longer than I thought. But believe you me, I could go way more in-depth than that. I haven't even touched on the hilarious problems that have already cropped up because, again, value is entirely determined by mutual belief. Anyways, NFTs aren't just for proving ownership of digital artworks, they can be used for any digital item. Now understand, and we're going to get into our first example of how this is being used in the entertainment industry here, understand that particularly in the gaming community, this is huge. No surprise that something that adds value to digital items has, well, huge implications on an entirely digital format. Online video games such as Counter-Strike Global Offensive, EVE Online, and RuneScape have massive player-driven economies in-game. Players trade in-game currency for in-game items, ranging from purely cosmetic items such as different paint jobs on your equipment, referred to as skins, to armors, weapons, vehicles, and other items which grant some kind of advantage. This isn't some small-time stuff like buying more time in a bejeweled knockoff game on your phone. The player-driven economy in EVE Online has spawned a massive million-dollar gray market where people will trade in-game spaceships and even sell their accounts for thousands, I repeat, thousands of real-life dollars. These are entirely digital in-game. These are not real things. These are in-game spaceships and accounts that are being sold for real money in the tune of thousands of dollars. And there's a number of reasons for that, but the point I'm trying to make here is that in-game economies are huge and have real-world connections. Uh, the knife and weapon skin market for Counter-Strike has previously come under scrutiny due to its seedy gambling and money laundering underbelly. As Venezuela's economy snowballed farther and farther into shambles, Venezuelans were farming gold and runescape for real-world money to put food on the table for their families. 
I cannot overstate the scale of this, but to put it shortly, the gaming industry is pretty well the richest entertainment industry currently. Uh, it's bigger than Hollywood, that much is for sure, and with this kind of in-game trading already flourishing among both legitimate players and those eager to manipulate the markets by pumping money where they need it, it's highly fertile land to sow the seeds of NFT and blockchain technology. And we've seen the beginning of this recently in two different forms, conventional video games which are adopting NFT systems and so-called games built entirely around the function of NFTs. The former is being met with a lot of resistance, while the latter is being embraced by both those eager to see NFT tech reach its full potential and those who would wish to exploit the tech to its full potential. Ubisoft, one of the larger gaming titans, tried incorporating this tech into Breakpoint, the latest entry in the popular tactical shooter series Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. As mentioned before, in this game players can buy in-game skins and items or unlock them by playing the game and meeting certain requirements. When Ubisoft integrated the NFTs, they gave a starter batch to players who met certain playtime or account level requirements. They were given a gun skin that would require players to reach level 5 in order to obtain it without buying it, a pair of pants that would require 100 hours of playtime to unlock without buying, and a mask that could only be obtained otherwise through 600 hours of playtime. Now, you have to be either a very well-made, fun game with expansive gameplay, or a game that abuses addictive psychology to get someone to play 600 hours of your game. Uh, there's only one game I can even think of myself that I've played for 600 hours or more. Um, and that's a very special game, and that's the only one in that league. Um, but that's besides the point. So here's these items that you can pay money to get, or if you want to get them without paying, you have to spend 600 hours playing the game. So of course people were mad. According to one report, only 15 NFTs were purchased for a total of $400. The general consensus in the gaming community is that games should never lock content behind a paywall. Any given paid item should be obtainable through reasonably expectable gameplay, especially if the item actually gives an advantage and isn't purely cosmetic, because then, well, then the game becomes pay to win, and nobody likes that. Now this was true, of course, even before NFTs. We saw this when iconic and powerful characters such as Darth Vader were locked behind paywalls or 40-hour game time requirements in 2017's Star Wars Battlefront 2, developed by DICE and published by Electronic Arts. In a Reddit thread complaining about this, the publisher responded claiming that the intent of the absurd game time requirement was, quote, to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. End quote. <laughs> of course, everyone saw through this corporate doublespeak, and the comment earned a net score of negative 667,754 points and the title of most downvoted comment on all of Reddit. And yes, that is a big deal. Let's not forget that in early 2021, the Wall Street's bets group on Reddit uh, beat Wall Street at their own game with the GME stock. So yeah, Reddit holds some sway these days. 
So the integration of NFTs into conventional gaming has not been received well, and there have been a couple other big studios that have tried it. I want to move on from gaming shortly because NFTs are making their way into other sides of the entertainment world, but I do want to quickly touch on the other category I mentioned earlier, games built entirely around NFTs. I've only had a surface level exposure to these so-called games, uh, but what I've found has not been to my liking. At its worst, we have malicious scammers building bare-bones games, promising vast multiplayer worlds with countless categories of NFTs in a Ready Player One style metaverse, only for the developers to pump and dump the cryptocurrency used for the transactions and then abandoning the game and its supporters. At best, I see good intention, but kinda naive early adoptions of the tech, like in one game where you can buy and trade ownership of plots of land on a Google Earth sort of world map. It's kinda cool, but limited. Like, it would be funny if I bought the NFT for the coordinates of my buddy's house in that game and told him, hey, I own your house. Or buying the coordinates of Machu Picchu would be pretty cool. But again, the problem is that that only has value if you believe that has value. It's not like you actually own that land in real life. To put it shortly, NFTs probably have a future in gaming, but it'll end up being to the detriment of the consumer just like everything else in the industry, from microtransactions to gaming as a service. But I think we should move on to NFTs in other areas. We're going to go on a quick break and then we'll be back. We'll be talking about NFTs in music and uh, a couple other ideas that I have right after this. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. Welcome back to Entertainaholics on The Bay, 88.7, with Daniel Friesen, your host. Today, we are talking about non-fungible tokens. So far, I haven't been very kind to this new technology, and to be fair, in the early days of any new innovations, there will be a lot of malicious misapplications and good-intentioned attempts which end up floundering. But there is undeniably a lot of potential in this field. And here's one case that shows much potential. The most common use for NFTs currently, and the use you've most likely been exposed to if you otherwise don't know much on the topic, is, as alluded to earlier, proving ownership of artwork. The world of digital art is vast. There are millions of talented digital artists out there making barely a penny off of their hard work and creativity, and that's a problem. While everyone can seemingly agree that art is valuable, we enjoy consuming art, and I think we can all agree that the world would be worse off without art, despite this, it seems by and large that nobody wants to pay for art. Digital artists can make money selling prints of their artworks, sure, and merchandise with their art on it, but that requires an initial investment from the artist for those physical objects and the work of printing or embroidering on them. And an artist will still have to sell a lot of those prints or merch before it even becomes worthwhile. For a smaller, lesser-known artist, that just isn't on the table. Sure, an artist can sell commissions, do specific requests, but oftentimes a client doesn't understand the amount of work required to fulfill their request and the value of that work. Usually, I'm sorry to say, the only way to make profit from commissions is to make art for some really, really degenerate niches, and I'm not going any further into that. 
With NFTs, however, digital artists can sell unique instances of their artwork, and more people are willing to pay for art when they can say, this is mine, no one else's, and the ledger proves it. And again, as mentioned earlier, the artist can continue making a portion of profit as that artwork changes hands. So this is absolutely a good use of NFTs, though basic now, I think it has potential. Ah, but I feel that cynicism slinking back into my heart. What's this? You can right-click and save an image? If you don't care about the notion of ownership and uniqueness, and you think, hey, this is a nice image, and I want it on my computer so I can use it as my desktop background, there is absolutely nothing stopping you from right-clicking and selecting Save Image As. NFT supporters even refer to such people as, quote, right-clickers, using it as a derogatory term. Additionally, the NFT artwork market has been flooded with low-effort template art and pixel art, where the artist is just pumping out mass amounts of art for a quick buck. This isn't necessarily a reflection of the technology, but its users, really. Thing is, it hurts the image of the whole thing, because now there's a ton of people who think NFTs are just good for buying ugly-ass cartoon monkeys to use as your Twitter profile pic. That's too bad. The music industry is another area of entertainment feeling the waves of the NFT splash. As with digital artists, the world is oversaturated with talented musicians who have so much to offer the world, but can barely make a living off of what they do. Unless you make it big, it's impossible to make money as a musician, and releasing music requires initial investments, which don't become financially justifiable until you've gotten enough listens. And you can sign on with a label, but geez, be prepared to say goodbye to control over your own music, your own work, that you pour your heart and soul into. However, musicians can sell their music and music videos using NFTs, and actually make some decent profit plus royalties. We see this with the rapper Latasha, who sold the music video for her song Verse for 2.5 Ethereum, a cryptocurrency which in that amount is equal to $11,300 at the time of that sale. Later, the video was resold for 1,111 Ethereum for a value of $4.9 million, and 30% of that was returned to her and her collaborators. That's great! But what about uses aside from supporting artists and proving your ownership of artworks? Well, here's an idea I had when I read that Samsung wants to incorporate NFT tech into their new smart TVs. So back in the days of Blockbuster, and yes, I'm old enough to remember the golden days of browsing the games and movies for rent, back then the notion of renting a movie made sense. It was a physical disc that had to be returned so someone else could borrow it and watch it. But now, with digital streaming, the notion of renting a movie on iTunes doesn't make sense. Why does it have to be returned? It's not a physical item. It's cheaper than buying the movie to keep on your hard drive forever, but the idea of losing your copy because you rented it is based in physical media. It's an archaism for digital movies. But here's also another thing. Buying the digital movie to keep isn't as good as buying the disc because you can't pawn it off later or loan it to a friend you're stuck with it. What if, by assigning NFTs to movies, music, and games, you could trade and sell these things with other people just like with DVDs? Now, this idea carries with it a lot of implications, including artificial scarcity and issues that affect both the distribution platform, the creators, and the consumers, but that's all it is. It's an idea. This technology has a lot of potential for uses outside of commerce as well, but it's still in its infancy. 
It's hard to find reliable information on this topic too, because usually people have an interest in its success or failure. Anybody who owns NFTs and cryptocurrency is of course going to have a bias because their success is tied to the technology's success. And there are people who would benefit from its failure too. Many people advocate for blockchain technology and its derivatives because it's decentralized. It's not tied directly to any particular nation's economy or major banking institutions. It puts the power in the hands of the people. That is the core, the root of all of this. Whether it will in practice be for the better or the worse of the people remains to be seen. In the end, something only has as much value as people believe it has, and it has as much potential as the imaginations of its users. Yes, NFTs can be abused, and there are definitely areas that they simply shouldn't encroach into. But I'm kind of excited to see where this all goes, and I think you'd do well to at least familiarize yourself with it, because I think NFTs will be with us for quite some time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Entertainaholics, the first solo episode of Entertainaholics. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing this. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I look forward to continuing with this solo version of Entertainaholics. So once again, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Take it easy.